Hello, everybody. Happy, what is today? Tuesday? Monday. Monday. It's Monday. That's right. It's Monday. I'm sorry. I'm like, ah. Happy, Happy Monday. Monday. Yeah. Pandemic brain. Happy <laughs> pandemic brain. What is today again? There well, today, today's the day after Super Bowl. So a lot of us have that scramble brain going on today. Mm -hmm. If you catch my drift, you know. Sure. But uh, yes, welcome to Lessons and Legacies. I am your host, Melissa Price, and I have my lovely Monday co-host with me, Precious Pauling, today as usual. This is episode 44, so we have a base number of eight today, which is all about new beginnings and like that, you know, eight on its side is that infinity flow. Everything mm -hmm. continuously flowing. And that's, you know, it's kind of funny We I mentioned that there because just yesterday we were on One Word Conversations with William Brown and flow was our last word of the week. And mm -hmm. uh, that was kind of a, a really cool word that, that brought a lot of comfort to us, you know? So uh, yeah, eight, eight, new beginnings and flow, I feel is like what we're about to do today, so. I love that topic, loving, learning and loving the little you. Learning and loving the little you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're gonna get into it today too, because the little me, needs some healing. And uh, I actually crawled up in the attic today and went into my box of writing and got stuff out from when I was 12 and stuff from when I was 17. And uh, I know you have your book ready. You got your stuff. You got your book in your bag. I've got things bookmarked. And today for everybody who's tuning in, we're going to introduce ourselves here in a minute. But um, for everybody who's tuning in or catching the replay, we're going to be getting into some younger us, some middle years us, and some grown up us. But that little you never goes away. That inner child never goes away. So um, sometimes it's a little uncomfortable when you have to get close or recognize that younger version of yourself. And when you realize it's actually there, it's a little bit tricky to handle. And uh, yeah. so today we're going to... We're going to offer up some real deal experiences that we've gone through, through our writing and just through talking. And then um, I know the soul doctor over here, she's got something very special that I wish for us to end everything on. Um, and it's her latest book that she's published. And I think it's going to nurture and feed all of our little children as we end. So we're going to start get into the introductions, then we're gonna get into like the nitty gritty and the tough stuff. And we're gonna always, like always end on a high note. So yes, we're talking about lessons, or I mean, learning and loving the little you today. So um, like I said, my name is Melissa Price. I am a mother of two. I have a almost eight and almost 10 year old, both girls um, married for 10 years in April. Um, I am an artist, a new author. I host the podcast of Lessons and Legacies, which you can find on Spotify, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Facebook. So I'm really excited about that. And uh, also an e-commerce store owner. And uh, if you want to check that out, so you can get copies of my books, Precious's books, um, and all kinds of other wonderful products at lessonsandlegacies.company.site. And always, I post the links at the end of the feed. So Precious, tell everybody a little bit about who you are. A little bit, uh, got some shears out. Or a lot of bit, a lot of bit about who you are. Cause there's nothing little about you. You got so much going on all the time. 
say a lot of bit about who I am. You're so funny. Uh, I'm a mom, a mom also. I was about to say a mom too. No, a mom also of five. I am a wife of 18 years. I am a soul doctor, prophetic poet, an author, playwright. What I come to do in whole is clean out the viruses in your heart drive. I come to let you see that you were born enough and it starts with how you love yourself and I choose me. And so I can tell you all my roles and titles, but I wanna tell you about my assignment. And my assignment is to show up in my pain that I turned into power in order to show you the evidence of my magic. And so I've come to be the evidence of what life can look like after the resurrection. And that you do. You do that so well. I actually, um, not only are Precious and I besties and sisters at heart, soul sisters for real, but I, I've been like a willing client of you have been for a while. A willing vessel is what I like yeah. to do. You have been such I, um, a I swear. Yeah. I have gone to many of the workshops and events and um, things that you've spoken at, <laughs> the library events with all the kids and the card yeah. games and oh my goodness, I've I've never been, I've never left one of your events, whether it was in person or virtual, empty, mm. ever, ever. Wow. I've come into several of them empty, <laughs> but I always leave full, you know? My, one of my favorite times is when you came with your mom, your mom and yeah. mother-in-law. Oh my goodness! Yeah. To the refill station, that was so yeah, yeah, yeah. We have so many came to, she came, well, she came to all the library things too. But yeah, I remember that the things, but I remember the that the you the y'all time, even mm -hmm. with the library things. You know, y'all were always in position because y'all such nurturers, and it was always about the kids. But with the refill station, it was about you. It was about y'all time. It was about y'all refill. It was about y'all, you getting the opportunity to sit in all that you always show up for everybody else. So that's why I say y'all, I saw you guys more when it was a refill station because it was for you. Yeah. And that's why that is so important. And that's one thing you've taught me. I've, I've literally only had maybe a couple people, you and one other person kind of came in simultaneously in my world and were kind of preaching this whole same thing to me that you can't pour into other people if you're on empty. She gave it to me in a very similar way. Um, and that's that's your thing. You have to fill, you, we brought up the kids, all the wonderful things that you do with the kids and, and we want to pour into them and nurture them and feed them and fuel them. but when you're on empty, if you don't take the time to fill you up, you're just pouring out like, all right, for example, who likes the bottom? We'll use soda. Whoever drinks a, a can of Coke or, or a can of Pepsi or whatever, or even beer, whatever. Mm -hmm. Who wants that last tiny little sip? It's like, it, it, if that's all you're, you're pouring out on people, it's like, let me, let me. Let me hit you with my backwash each day. You have to take the time to refill and, and you yeah. know, from the Coca-Cola again, you know? Let's <laughs> so go even further. The trash in your gas tank. Let's go further than even that. When yeah. you let your gas go all the way down and start acting funky, your car start jerking and different right. things. Are you wonder what is because you're at the residue. Mm -hmm. of that last piece of gas so it doesn't have its same 
strength, it's saying power, fluency, all of that. You like it's like your phone when it's when it's on them ten things. There's less things you could do. You can't FaceTime like you can when it's at a hundred. You ain't got you got a small conversation to have, and so we are we are moving on empty, trying to have large conversations without refilling the thing that is pouring back out. And so it seems selfish, but it's really selfless because I get to be better to you when I'm best for me. And uh, speaking of everybody needing a day off and needing some healing, like for one, I'm one of these and we're going to get into it here in a minute, but uh, we got people joining us. Brittany's in the house and she says, hey, ladies, I took a day off today so I can finally tune in. Hey, good for you. Good for you to take it. Now it's time for you to refill. Yes. Stars in the house. She says, hey, congratulations, hey. by the way. I saw your post earlier. Way to go. <laughs> Way to go. Way to go. Brittany says, you can perform or give your best foot forward if you're running. You can't perform or give your best foot forward if you're running on empty. It's the yeah. truth. It's the truth. And I personally am feeling a little bit like this today. It started hitting me uh, personally last week, a little bit, maybe like, Tuesday, Wednesday last week, I started to feel like, uh, mm. uh, but I also was foreseeing that this was going to be a busy weekend with Super Bowl and my kids were doing a double sleepover at grandma's because she's getting eye surgery and they're not going to see her for like 10 days. So they went for the whole weekend. So I scheduled multiple shows, pre-recordings, all of them, my errands. I just like blasted it out this weekend. And so now as I'm starting on Monday, I'm like, oh my gosh. Am I going to make it till Friday? Like, oh, I'm feeling it. And I started feeling weak, a little shaky. The anxiety starting to come up. And, you know, uh, when we run on empty, it's really easy, especially for us being female, that you feel like other people are sucking it out of you. But you you're know? really pouring it out of you. Yeah, uh, well, I'm pouring it. But sometimes mm -hmm. it's not willingly. It's out of necessity. And you right. get, so you get right. to that point at the end of the day where, like, I'm at right now as I'm feeling there's that little kid inside me, which is what we're going to talk about, that all of a sudden feels abandoned, not seen, neglected. And we got to go back to the roots of where this little kid first experienced this and why it's a problem. Mm -hmm. And it's, there's triggers. But we get to this point where, like I said, where I'm at right now, I'm feeling burnout and it's not... Um, it's just, yeah, I've been pouring out too much into other people, but I've also not been pouring into myself. It's like yeah. all my stuff gets set aside because the kids have to be schooled because people have to eat dinner because the bills have to be like, ah, you know, <laughs> you have to sometimes shift things around to make it work. And I'm at a place where it's just like, uh, nobody sees me. Wah, wah, wah. Somebody hug me, tell me it's going to be okay. And give me a minute. Yeah. To realign, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, I feel like it is. It's like that little little kid in me that was, you know, I see this happen with my kids too, where they're like, Mom, play with us, do this. I'm like, I can't right now. I can't right now, this and that. I can later. Right now I can't. Right now it's like my inner child is just screaming out, like, play with me, creative Mel, come play with your spirit. Do the stuff, do the thing, stop everybody else for a minute. But I, you know, up here, I'm like, if you stop, it won't get done. And then husband's going to be mad and the kids are going to feel neglected and this and that and all the things. So it's a war between little me and big me currently. <laughs> what do you do with your inner child? You said, what do I do with my inner child? Uh, mm -hmm. I'm learning to uh, control her. 
every day because you you realize that it's like the need like you said to be heard to be seen to be validated at the end of the day mm-hmm. and so until we start like you said dealing with that and realizing that you still at any point you can press pause and i think we tell ourselves that if it doesn't get done now then it won't get done but you can also tell yourself if i don't do it now it can get done tomorrow there are certain things like you say that must be done today right if it doesn't get done today sometimes you have to be okay with somebody being mad at you so you don't have to be mad at yourself that's true (laughs) you are responsible for that may take away from somebody's existence but there are so many more things that we do that is more for us and us being validated than it ever was for them and while we're waiting for somebody to say, I don't need you to do that much. God is really waiting for us to realize we don't need to do that much. And that the time that we are bombarding ourselves with, we place on our, we put it on our own shoulders. You know, we we put it on our own selves. And it's about us being able to say, this is not that important. And maybe mm-hmm. I feel like if I didn't do this one thing, then me as my role and title will not, I won't feel confident in maybe that area today. And so I do it for an A every day. But everybody doesn't get an A in every subject all the time without being that person who is losing their mind. So if yeah. you would do spirit into life, you remember when you are that person, you are studying and you're cramming in for that test, you miss everything around you. You miss everything that's necessary for you to get finished this goal or to complete a task. And I think what you realize is that once you start having children and you start committing to relationships, that you lose the capacity of being able to cram everything in in one night anymore. Right. And so you feel overwhelmed because you're a crammer. And when you have to share those roles and titles, you can't cram it. And when you do cram it, then you feel like, okay. I'm exhausted, but after the day of that cramp, after that weekend of cramming, and then you get to take the test and still pass, you still go back into reality of saying, I'm still a mom. I still have to be these things. So mm-hmm. it's, it's starting to retrain your mind. That's why he said you can't put new wine in, old, in an old wine vessel. You right got to change the best you got to change the way you move the way you create because it is all crammed in but it's okay it is okay to pay, take a pause it is okay for somebody to be mad that you didn't do your wife duties a day you know it's it's, it's not about it's the wages is what adds up and i think that we outwage ourselves because we keep on going through the emotions suffering in silence just so mm-hmm. We don't allow anybody else to feel what we're feeling. And I think relationship is letting them feel what we're feeling so they can understand. Empathy is felt. It is understood. It is, And it is understood because I'm connected to somebody I love and they had a real conversation with me. And I think if we start having those real conversations, like I'm not superwoman and while it looks like I could do everything, I am tired. So why don't we put a list of all the things that I do? And sometimes people are visual learners. Yeah. And our men can be visual learners sometimes. I know that. Like, look at what I do for free every day. (laughs) When you wrote down your schedule, how much everybody was like, right? How amazing you are. It's like we're waiting for people to tell us about the magic that we know exists in us because we wake up doing it every single day. Hey, I don't need you to tell me how magical I am. I need to know that the magic sometimes need a break. And because you have gotten so conditioned to my abracadabras, I am killing myself. And so you got to be okay to be the magic for yourself because you know your value enough to say, 
I deserve a day off. That's why people take vacation because they know they've worked long enough and they deserve their time. Well, when you're working at home and you're working for yourself, you dictate when you need vacation. And that's the power that you control. And so it's about you realizing that it is a communication in order for you to get the vacation so that you can have the acceleration. Come on now. Come on. <laughs> that part right there. I need that vacation like all day. Uh, Brittany says, take a day off, Melissa. Baby, this is how I vacation. When we laugh, yes. we talk, it fills me up. It is like you're away from the world. Mm -hmm. And you're into a new world. And so you get the vacation and the dream that you want for yourself because you get to create it. Right. Brittany says, that's what I needed. Or that's why I needed to rest because I felt the same way. Mm -hmm. She's feeling it too. Press pause for your mental health. It's important. It's mandatory. How about we put hashtag mandatory? Mandatory. Yes. Hashtag mandatory. Mm -hmm. Mandatory meaning you must do it with no right. exceptions. Hashtag no more excuses. Is no exception to the condition that you are going to be in when you arrive if you do not take care of the vessel. Right. That's yours. And that's your mindset. That's your heart's posture. That's your, as I say, I use soul's posture. I, you know, your soul's posture is going to let me know the condition of your mental health. Because your life will be evidence, you know? And so we got to keep on telling ourselves, I can do it. I'm qualified. I could take a day off. If I tell myself I could take a day off, I won't beat myself up tomorrow because I gave myself permission. Yeah. It is the expectation that you wish to reach that you disappoint yourself in like in all relationships and we do it to ourselves. We need to feel our bodies and see what we need instead of putting the expectation before we get to the moment. So it's like we are writing the story that God is writing. He said, I made you break your leg to sit down because of the expectations you had and you don't know my timing. And so we get outside of ourselves because we want to be, we want to do everything because we want to be the heroes. We want to be, as I hear Lisa Nichols say, sheroes. We want to be heroes. Yes. Right. You want to be a hero. You want to be a shero. But at the end of the day, you got to invest in you. You got to invest in that little person that needs you to know that you don't have to be everybody all the time. What you need to be is qualified to see you in the moments that you need to rest. You need to get up. And so it's just, yeah, it's so important, boo. Well, um, you know, a lot of this feeling inadequate or not being able to push through or uh, mm -hmm. doubt and all that stuff. I feel like it does stem back from our roots, the our inner roots. The little yeah. ones. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's like, I don't know. I did, I did go through a lot of therapy in my years. Um, and I've read a lot and I've done a lot of co coaching, transformational life coaching and soul coaching and uh, meditation, all these. We should have had therapy. We did. This, okay. uh, this whole idea of having a little inner soul version of you, like living and breathing inside of you still, um, was news to me up, up in my 30s. I'm 36. Uh, so within the last five years, I that this was introduced to me, you know, and um, it really helped me heal through a lot of things. And it does help me continuously heal through a lot of things. Um, I felt it important to go up into the attic and get some old poetry down. I hope you got your books too. We're gonna be doing some reading here. And um, 
Look at this is the first poetry book I ever got. I remember you had brought you had you had read from that, I think once or twice on uh this season so far. And I love everything that's come out of it. 1994, <laughs> honey. 1994, honey. She I was think this 96 or 98. I don't know. Whatever 24 years ago. However long, whatever that math turns out to be is the year. Oh my goodness. I didn't, I didn't uh try to do the long math because math is not my thing, but it was 24 years ago. <laughs> but uh this was when I this is actually the first collection of poetry I ever submitted in school. And I won first place in our um, writing contest for that year. And it's not a pretty collection of poetry. I was in a very depressed, dark state at that point. I had just, I uh, was 12 years old and had moved from my mom's custody to my dad's custody. Um, my mom was having alcohol troubles and also was with an abusive husband or two. And um, yeah, so I went to go live with my dad, everything. I went from going to a private school and living like 45 minutes away from the school and living in a trailer park and all this stuff to living in like a pretty well-to-do neighborhood, going to public school and not knowing anything about anything. Like, <laughs> you know, it was, it was scary times for me. I felt really isolated, not just from the whole difference of school settings, but also from both my parents. Mm -hmm. um, I always felt like an object being bounced back and forth through my younger years. And writing, when when all of the emotion became too much for me to handle, and at 12 years old, you don't know how to self-love mm -hmm. on yourself. No, you, you don't. don't know how to love on yourself. You're still learning. You're yeah. still waiting for other people to teach you what the right way of emotional and spiritual being is, you know? I think by 12, you know how to physically take care of yourself. You know you need to shower and eat and all this stuff. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, it was a scary place. And I'm gonna read you guys, if you don't mind, two poems that I wrote. Again, I was 12 years old. And this was when I first discovered, these These were my first poems I ever wrote, for real. So <laughs> just two of them. But this was a dark, heavy place. And then I have one more that I'd like to read that's also on the heavier note. Um, that was five years later when I graduated high school. So you can see the little bit of, you know, the progress there. Uh, you know, I want to invite you to like speak and share your stories and your childhood and stuff. And then again, like I said, I'd love for you to take us home on a high note and let us all know how special we are. So anything that as I'm reading that you have, we can go back and forth that pops in your mind that you want to read. Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> Sounds like fun. Oh, okay. And Brittany, before we go on, Brittany said also, she said, this is just what she needed today. She says she loves entrepreneurship because we can run the ship. Yes, I do too. I do like that. 96. Oh, 96. Oh, okay. Because you're 24. Okay. You got it. So 1996 was when I wrote this. Thank you, Brittany, for doing the math for me. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right, it's my first collection of poetry at the ripe age of 12, which I know that's when you were writing too. So yeah. <laughs> this is called Pandemonium. And these are short and quick little rhymey ditties, by the way. Uh, all right, Pandemonium. This world is big, but I'm so small. Each time I rise, I quickly fall. Bloodshot eyes and a tear-stained face I cannot seem to find my place. 
I try too hard and I'm too concerned. My hope is gone and my life is a blur. I wish to be somebody else, but yet I have trouble just finding myself. I despise this nature and I resent who I am. I'm sorry to say that I can't even stand my friends. I don't know what I think. I don't know how I feel. My love seems abnormal and I wish it were real. I'm so confused and I live in despair. I don't deserve this. My life's so unfair. And again, this was like many years. This was 12 years old for me and probably nine, eight, nine years of dysfunction, abuse, drugs, all kinds of stuff being exposed to. Um, and this is like when it all started coming out into a surface. And I want to read you one more from this, and then I'll let you go for a minute and take take over. These go hand in hand. They're from the same collection. Mm -hmm. This one's called Fear. It says, so many questions without any answers. It's too much that I can't explain. I want to know what's hiding here so that I can be happy again. Crawling up the wall beside me, creeping up my throat inside me, swelling up my eyes within me, and burning my heart to overcome me. What can this be that is burning and churning and lurking? What can this be that is creeping and crawling and swelling and burning? It must be no other than the presence of tears and fears and painful emotions. Why does this seem to hurt me so? Why won't it all go away? I want it all to disperse from within me. I just want it all to let me go. My soul is thirsting to be free. My heart is longing to be free. Of all things I'd like in the world, most of all is to be free. I cannot be, stand being controlled any longer, controlled by something that I can't explain. I want to leave these things behind me on my way to a better place. Why can't I understand this powerful being? Why can't I confront my pain? Why does life seem so suddenly unbearable? What is this sense of fear? Wow. So that was 12 years old at, like I said, the uh, first climax of <laughs> the, uh, as as William likes to the say, storm, that was my life. But uh, that was that's just that but little. Girl you know, that that therapy. That's that little girl inside me that still comes up and feels like that when triggers happen. You know, it lives there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm. That's so funny you said that because when you were talking, I I was like, I don't remember this poem, but. Uh, it was after 95. You know when you don't write a date and you can only know the date between the last date. So it was after yep. <laughs> it was after the Black Man March, because I had the March poem. That was 10 18 95. I wrote that. So it was after that, but before 1996. So somewhere in between there, I wrote this poem is called Appreciation. So I am 15 years old. Set the scene when I write this. It says, to not, be, to not be appreciated for what you do is like putting your foot in a smaller shoe. 
It's just that feeling that you just don't fit. It's like you being buried in a 10 feet pit. To not hear thank you when you know you've done something right is like being in a battle and losing the fight. To be portrayed as if you do nothing at all, it's a feeling that hurts and you can't ignore. The way I make myself feel better when I'm feeling down and under the weather, no matter where I am, I drop to my knees and I ask the Lord to strengthen me, please. Strengthen me before it gets too late so the lack of appreciation won't turn into hate. So when I'm not getting appreciation where it's due, I say to myself, I know God loves you. Mm. I love that. I feel like I need a copy of that for my bathroom mirror. Mm. Honestly. So I wrote that when at you, 15. So that, how old were you when you wrote yeah, that one? I, need, I needed people to appreciate. I'm a 15 year old doing all of this stuff that a 15 year old should not be doing. And nobody told me, but there was a need and, and it definitely an obligation to an extent. So say thank you because it's not my job. It's not my responsibility, but I missed out on so much and you and you still didn't get a thank you. Yep. No? That's kind of, yeah. I feel like uh, that is a repeat story throughout my life on many levels when it comes to family, friends, jobs. Um, I mean, it still, it still kind of gets me. I mean, but I think it's human nature. We all need to be seen, validated, acknowledged. We all need that, you know, to yeah. feel, I don't know. That's we, it's, we want to be seen yeah. and not seen for being flashy, but like we want our spirits to be acknowledged that I am a person. I do exist. I am important. I am special, you know? Um, and that you're grateful that I showed up, you know? Exactly. So, you know? Especially when you are when you are offering yourself to somebody else. So, you know, something as simple as you say a thank you. Don't tell me thank you. You show me thank you. You do thank you, right? Do the thank you. Said, don't say thank you. Do thank you. That was my my last epiphany in the beginning of the year. But yeah. And so it's like that back at the same thing, appreciation, you know. And so I guess the core of me was I always got to get to that place where I just have to say I surrender. It is bigger than me. I'm so grateful that I'm on, you know, in position because if I had waited for that, I would be crushed. That's right. I couldn't show up the way I do if I had waited for somebody to say thank you or not just somebody, everybody. Let's say that. Cause there's so many bodies that do it. So it give you the strength to keep on going. So that's why, you know, when most of the time, no matter how much your kids get on there your nerve, they are the one, the, the few people that remember to say, thank you. And you feel like you owe them everything. <laughs> Maybe yours do. <laughs> <laughs> I have to remind them. I do have to remind them. But they're still little, they're still little, but you know what I mean? But you know what? I've been very transparent their whole life too. So they know what to be thankful for. That's two, you know? And so I think that because I'll be like, listen, you get to go on this vacation because daddy spends these hours at the hotel where they don't pay him that much just so that we can afford for us to be in the places so that he can have the space. So it's a real conversation. I don't want you to thank me like it's magic. I want you to thank right. you for the sacrifices that required for you to smile in this moment. For you I to do that with mine too. I do that with mine too. They know we're very transparent. Yeah. So like I said, eventually they're gonna understand the things. Some things take longer though. Some thank yous must be lived. Right. Say mm -hmm. thank you, do think some thank yous are just like you teach them. Just say thank you, but you never tell them the emotion behind it. We spoke about mm -hmm. that. 
You raise a kid to say thank you, but they don't know why they're saying thank you. Nobody ever explains thank you. They just say, but somebody give you something, you say thank you. Right. No matter what. You see what I'm saying? So yes. you learn to be like, well, why you say thank you is because you are grateful for what they're doing for you. You see what I'm saying? You mm -hmm. see that they didn't have to do it, but they did it anyway. And so that what makes you thankful. And then it's like, oh, okay, that's what thankful means. So now when I get the cookie, I'm thank you to gave me the cookie because so now I, I pin that in my head. So anytime I'm receiving, I remember to say thank you because it's a receiving. Because if I don't want it, then I won't take it and I don't say thank you. But once I say thank you, it means I receive what you said. And so we got to be more receiving and it helps us out. But yeah, that's what I learned. I I, and I love that. I love that. I love, I, and uh, Brittany said too, she said our uh, poetry is very transparent. Yvette's on. She says, hey, precious. Hi, everybody. Hello. Uh, I am always special. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Uh, <laughs> I, um, so I'll read one. So this one was five years later when I was graduating high school and throughout no, high school. You was graduating, you said? Yeah. No, I was looking through the flipping through the find like another poem and I'm laughing because Rondell's always like, all right, sister soldier. And as I'm looking through the titles, it's like, uh, <laughs> I just want to read a couple of times that got me laughing. Go it's for like it. creativity. It's like um, the misunderstood black man. Uh, <laughs> the uh, uh, positive youth images. Uh, the ABCs. Uh, the everlasting. It's like God's gift. It's like I, I, I always gotta have something to say. It's never God's magnificent grace. It's like it's it's, it's just never just regular. It's like it's a whole story. Father's oh, you're, well, you're a poet. You're a prophetic poet. We love our words. We love our words and the images and the feelings that they bring. You have to be, yeah. you have to be that way. Mm. You know, that's what sets you apart. You could write, anybody could just write anything, but to have it embody spirit and, and have it embody you and your soul and your mission and your, you know, your hope for this world, your impact, that takes time. That takes, that yeah. takes something, you know? And it shows that we had it from we were babies. Right. Like he's born in us. Nobody taught me to do this. This is, and it wasn't even a condition that I was in. I still had the gift, no matter what I was dealing with at the time, no matter what you were dealing with, Melissa, your words, you still had a gift. And so that is the gift that is already placed in us is why we're dealing with the little person. Because while we're reading these poems, the point is they still came from those little people who were still holding something. So to be able to celebrate the fact that you have a book as a big person who turned those little ideas into a manifestation of who you are. And so I just didn't want to gloss over that we're reading who we were then. And who you are never changes because that beautiful poetry is who you are today, you know? And so that's what they mean that we die with the things that make us so meaningful because if you never, if, if I never take this out of the book, what good is my message? What good is how God took me or what he grabbed me for? And so the fact that you can get it into your message and you can say that I used to be that little boy or little girl that just was writing in a binder. 
And now I can actually say I was confident enough to say everybody can read my book because these books are what we have in the closet. But this is what we're willing to show the world to expose ourselves of our transformation. And so I just it just hit my spirit like that was then, but that was still us. Right. It's still us this day. We're just grown people. But the us, it never changes. The we just the stuff. But the core, oh, the core is still a gift. And to stick, stick with your core and don't like, uh, you know, I had a conversation with um, uh, my friends, Wakina and her daughter, 13 year old Kayla uh, yesterday, actually afternoon. And uh, Kayla's in the book and one of her quotes is don't ever let, and it's coming from 13 year old, she was 12 at the time, but don't ever let anybody tell you, you can't achieve something that you want to do, you know? I, this next one I'm going to read to you, uh, I will let you know. Okay, so the first two were when life and everything got to be too much, what came out was poetry. I understood, oh, I can write. It was a wonderful outlet. Like some people like to run, some people like to sing, some people like to box, go to the gym, whatever. Writing was my thing. But poetry, specifically poetry, journaling, not so much. Poetry, I had to focus on the rhyming and the playing and the pentameter and it it was, it was, it was my therapy. It was enough to, to focus me and take me out of that and channel into something positive. Mm-hmm. So 12 years old was the first two that I read you when I was going to graduate uh, five years later. Um, I had it in my mind. I really wanted to go to school for, I wanted to be a writer. I wanted to be a book writer, an author, you know, <laughs> and uh, my dad and my stepmom both were like, you'll be a starving artist. You're never going to make any money. That's not a realistic career goal, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, what about journalism? What about it being an English teacher? I was like, all I wanted to do was something with words, language, writing, you know what I mean? And uh, they were, no, 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 it's not going to, no, you know, you're never going to make money. Your uncle is an English teacher. He don't make money and blah, blah. Unless you're Stephen King, you're never going to get there. Da, da, da. So, you know, being at 17 years old, 16 years old, never been out in the world by yourself, you think, you know, I'm like, fine, Uh, I guess I'm not that good or uh, okay. So I went to, I opted for beauty school and real estate school. Neither one of those panned out. And, uh, but before I graduated- You cut your hair the other day by yourself. Something panned out. I mean, I did go to beauty school and I can't cut hair, but like it never worked out as a career for me. You know what I'm saying? So um, when I was about to graduate, that's kind of where I was with my dad. Uh, My dad and my stepmom were very much always concerned about how I reflected upon them. Everything I did was a reflection on their, them, and this, and very like, ooh, wear makeup. They made me start wearing makeup when I was in eighth grade and stuff because I looked too pale and like like that, you know? And um, so for from eighth grade till the time I graduated, I lived uh, with them and it was always this molding process of them. Like you should play track, you should play a sport, you should do this. I liked choir. I wanted to do band and like choir happened, band where they were like, no, run track. I'm like, so it just, you know, it was this constant process of being molded and shaped into something that I wasn't. 
yeah. more than I wanted to be. Mm -hmm. um, and so this poem that I'm about to read you was the ballsiest thing I ever did against my dad, aside from breaking his rule. But uh, okay, I'm ready. Wait a minute. Before you go, before you go for the full graduation ceremony, they usually do in high school, like this like the, the class celebration in the mm -hmm. auditorium, yeah. like, like they celebrate you and they give away the awards for like the mm -hmm. most likely to succeed and all these things. And the parents come, it's, it's like a mock graduation basically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I got up and read in front of the entire school. And you read this. I, I read this poem in front of the whole okay, school. I read it. it was funny too, because my, my parents and I were not, my dad and my stepmom and I were not at good odds at this point anyways. They didn't even show up, but the whole rest of the school and all their parents got to hear it. So I was like, the truth will be known, y'all. <laughs> so this is again, little Melissa, five years later, still not healed, still not seen, still not acknowledged, still. Five years later, that's powerful. The ghost, basically. So this one's called Daddy, question mark. Daddy? Who am I, daddy? A baby, a bubble bouncing on the floor? An adventurer, an explorer, wandering through new doors. An angel, a kitten, curious to see more. No, daddy, that's not me. I was a baby, not even 15. Who am I, daddy? A girl, a singer, dancing across the floor? A student, a searcher, opening every door, a poet, a daughter, too young to see more. Mm -hmm. No, daddy, that's not me. That is the person you want me to be. Mm -hmm. Who am I, daddy? A woman, an eagle forced to walk a broken floor, a maverick, a prisoner locked behind a chosen door, mm -hmm. a rock, a feather, ready to see more and more. Yes, daddy, this is me, all that I never wanted to be. Who am I, daddy? Don't you know? I guess my whole life has become a show. Who am I, daddy? Don't you see? All you will remember will never be me. So yeah, that was, uh, again, after five years being with that and being molded and put into this mm. clay molded version of not my spirit. Mm. Um, that's kind of how I went out <laughs> and then kind of took to, to my own and started to yeah. kind of walk through life on my own and learn things for myself. And um, I, I had help of therapists. I had help of friends and coaches and family and a a lot from God, but a lot of this journey, I had to go reach out and ask for help. I had to go and 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 spend the time crying for this little child inside of me, and and with nobody for the longest time ever to like counteract any of that. Nobody for the longest time telling me, "Oh, all that's a lie. You are you are a great writer. You are this. You are that. You can do it." You know, I didn't get this kind of validation in my 30s so <laughs> the point of sharing this is so that you guys know you're not alone obviously we all have our own little kids but you know i don't want this for my kids i don't want my kids to have to go through this too you know so i don't know that's why i bring i'm bringing up the stages and the grief side of it the broken parts of that little child 
because that child doesn't normally reach out and scream for us unless it's hurting or needing us. I, I'm, yeah. I'm hungry. I need to play. I am, you know, I'm, I'm upset. So we have to learn that little one. You have to learn that that little person still does exist in you. For me, like I said, I, I, I have triggers. I get to this point like I am today, very currently right now today, where I have been going, going, going for the last two weeks. And I feel like I've been shaped, shaped and molded into this mom, wife, that you, you are expected to do this, 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 and this, while all the, the, the spirit in me is sitting there starving and suffocating and saying, I just want to create something. I just want to sing. I just want to do something for me, you know, and everybody else is saying, but I need this. I need that. You got to do this. You got to do that. Blah. Yeah. So it's like these things, these journeys, this little kid still pops back up and it's important to know how to nurture it, how to recognize it and say, hey, I see you. Sometimes you have to be the one to tell your inner self. I see you, little me. I see you, little Melissa. No one, nobody else sees you. I see you. You go look in the mirror and you do some mirror work. You know, if, if, if no one else is giving you a break, well, damn it. Like you said, precious, give yourself a break. Pour yourself a glass and take a bubble bath. You know, do yourself a journal and have a cupcake. But you make yourself have a break. I we have that's part of learning you. Yeah. Eventually you gotta stop waiting for other people to serve you and serve yourself. You know, you gotta stop waiting for other people to see you and see yourself, which is why I created the I See Me Academy because it is from peer pressure to soul pressure, because I recognize that is the condition that we were in, you know, that we were invalidated in our experiences and that we had to wait to 18 to say that we feel. And it was unfair yeah. to lock somebody up that long and then give them the freedom with the key to the world and never how to control emotions that we never dealt with. And so that's why I made it my responsibility to with my kids, because I came from a, a generation where you are to be seen and not heard. That's what they say. Me too. No. Speak unless, don't speak unless spoken to, be seen, not heard. Same generation. And unless you were saying something that they could validate, understood, or be transparent in, because mm -hmm. that's another word that I always speak about when I am dealing with the youth and I'm dealing with parents, if that's that type of session I'm doing, because you got to recognize that you got to validate your children. You have to be able to see them in a way that you hear them so that they can trust you with their feelings and their emotions. That's why I love doing one word conversations because there are so many words that got lost in translation, which is the reason why our soul's posture is in the form that is in because our soul is nothing more than how we think. That's why God says to renew your mind. Your soul is the way you think. I was just telling, um, I think my um, sister today, I think that was me and Star Talk, so my, you know, creating. And when you sit down and you realize the life that you create, it is because it's in your head. Nobody is writing a story. There is, there is no script. If you're right. signed up to be in a play, they're going to say, these are your lines and this is this. And all of that came from where? From somebody's mind and they put it on paper. So what you think in the morning is what is how you're going to act out your life. And so if you don't change those thoughts, God said, you know, we spoke about uh, whatever you say bounces off of me and sticks to you. And yeah. I'm rubber, you're effective. glue. <laughs> How would that be effective? God said my word won't come back to, his word won't come back to you void. 
Catch this. If two touch and agree, it is so. So now if your word won't come back to me, boy, and I am the God piece, then I got to already have it in my head to believe it so that when you hit me with something, see, I'm rubbing your glue. And like William said, some things can stick, but you get to decide what sticks and what don't as rubber. Because if you're glue and I'm glue, we mesh. It's like putting a sand in a bottle. You never separate it. Right, exactly. Different entities. When you hit me, I choose what I want to stick to me and what I let go. But God said that two people had to touch and agree. So I had to have the seed planted that I was unworthy for you to come into action with me. And so we spend so much time blaming somebody else for how we feel about ourselves. When God said that anybody that touched and agreed, it would be so because the word wouldn't come back void. The question is, what is the word in your head? What are you creating every day? What are you saying every day? What are you acting out? Because you are writing the script in your head. What you do today will be your production tomorrow. That's why God said you are nothing more than evidence. I don't care what you tell me. I can see what you believe in. I don't care what you say. I can see how you think you can't tell me and then show me something else and so that's why he oh that's why we spoke about the word evidence because it just showed you and i think with kids it's about planting that seed of telling them all the time all of the i am's that they are so that way when somebody throws something that that they don't touch and agree with then that means that's not a word from god so it is void so it doesn't stick to me and the things that i say i am when it comes back to me as a reminder of the positive things that god put in me then it sticks and i get to create this. And so we come out of the transition of the kids and what we endured and what we dealt with when we start planting new ideas in our head by just paying attention to the old ones. So if you sit that yeah. whole day and you write down uh, anything negative, anything negative that comes to your head, you do a whole week of that. And I don't care you don't got to share with nobody. It's a personal project for yourself where you get a page and you put the first day in any time. And I don't care if you do your phone. Since everybody always got their phone, ain't got no excuses. Yeah, I hashtag no more excuses. Take your phone, go in notes, start the beginning, start today, put today's date in there. And anytime something that's negative coming to your head, limited belief to tell you who you can't be, I want you to write that down. And when you write it down all week, You'll be able to see why you are in the condition that you're in. You'll be able to see that most of the things that you are dealing with is what you're saying to yourself all day because you're with yourself 24-7. Nobody else's opinion of you should supersede what you're saying to yourself. That means that you are not saying to yourself what is going to counteract anybody that is coming against you. So if you know that you are God and that you create your realities, then what are you saying to yourself that got your book looking? the way it looks and making you feel defeated and even if you're stuck in a child of you you are grown now i tell people all the time if you are now how old are you so if i left my mom's house at 18 years old and i thought that she was doing something wrong i thought that i was missing certain things then at 40 i've had over 20 years to activate the thing that I thought that if she would apply, my life would have been better. And so if you're still in the same conditioning it means you still haven't activate the resurrection you're still in the the lesson of it, but the lesson becomes your what, Melissa? Your favorite thing, the blessing. The blessing. Yeah. The mom that I am. So now I'm like, I want to hear you. Everybody has a voice and their voice has power because yeah. they have been practicing it. So now they look like 11 year olds 
confident twin boys because they were practicing that voice since they were three. So then you send an 18 year old that's not confident in their voice and then they come back at 25 talking about, well, I'm broken and they don't hear me. I don't know what to say because you weren't transparent. You were behind the closet, behind the door when you were supposed to be raising your kids to be independent and love themselves so they wouldn't give their future to nobody else. That's our job. And I'm learning to do the job at hand, which is to mentor our children's soul. That's important, period. Everything else is a waste of time. Sneakers, clothes, all that. If you don't get this, all that other stuff don't matter. It don't matter. It don't matter. Yeah, and we have we have a big responsibility to make sure that these uh, these next this next generation or two coming up is is going to do all the stuff we're learning now way too late, but late, not too late. Yeah, later than we wanted to. Let yeah. me say that. Later than we wanted to. It's not too late right. because we still we're we're still able to share it and teach them and, and allow it to be yeah. spread and put out there into the world. So not too late. As long as you got friends, it's not, not as late. But, uh, you know, something I think that we all could benefit from is being told how special we are. And um, I am going to let you take us home with that. And I want to, before we do that, let's catch up these comments. Uh, yes. uh, Dr. Deb said, what a beautiful poem between a daughter and her dad. It brings about uh, rele mm. the revelation. Oh, my gosh. I can't get this arrow right. The revelation of us standing in who we are and not when someone else. Come on now. Powerful. That part. And then it feels so bad when you're acting like someone else wants you to be. I can't mm -hmm. tell you how many how many years I spent in the restaurant industry and how many days I did not. I was either having a depressing, mm -hmm. horrible day, bad family news. I started my period, something like that, hung over, anything. But when you have to go and put a smile on and you're like, oh, mm -hmm. I really care about everything in your world and your soup and all this stuff, you're like, uh, and then you want to go like hide in the bathroom and cry. It's like, why doesn't anybody see how, how much I'm hurting right now? Uh, would you, like you know, <laughs> so happen to fake it and be something you're not. Oh, mm. it's the worst. It's something that needs healing, you know. Uh, and yeah, Dr. So says, definitely came from a generation of children being seen and not heard. Yeah, I think a lot of us. A lot of us have been there. So we, we practice. That's why my whole mission for the soul doctor, my whole flyer that's coming out, it says no more, sis. No more suffering in suffering. silence. It's time for secret healing. Everybody suffering in silence. I'll, my kids will not suffer in silence. I refuse to pass on that generational curse. Because if you just teach them to ask for what they need, God said he will always have it available. He said, you got to ask for it and you shall receive. And we're so afraid to ask because we suffer in our pain. We suffer in the shame instead of in the deliverance of it. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's it's so powerful, but I had to go through it to get to it. Let's say that. It ain't what you go through is what you grow through. And while they'll go in, though, why they say growing pains, if they're growing, they should be growing to new levels. So, I mean, that's, uh, anyway, you know, I could go on and on. Go ahead, Melissa. Oh, you're good. Um, so yeah, I guess, I don't know. We came here talking about learning and loving the little you today. You know, sometimes learning about your little you, it could be scary. Like I said, I didn't know that I had a little me still lurking around up until about five years ago. And now when I go and I have my triggers and my breakdowns, my emotions and things happen in life and that little me 
comes in and says, hey, I need attention, I can recognize it. And I'm like, oh, you need a care break. You need to like, ooh, everybody needs to go away and I need to go like coddle myself for a minute, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what do you need? It's okay, you're gonna be fine. It, even if I have to be the one to see me. Sometimes even speaking to your little self, my uh, my meditation coach told me that she said, speak to her. Say, I see you, Melissa, little, and she's like, a lot of times if you really try to go into it, you can catch a feel for what age that little you is, you know? Mm. I hear you, little 12-year-old Melissa, it's okay, I got you, it's all right, nobody's gonna get you, da 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 whatever you gotta tell yourself. But mm. I know that I never heard that I was special enough, and I still don't tell myself I'm special enough a day, mm. but you know who always reminds me? It's you. It's you. I would love with all my heart and soul if you would read your newest book because I still I don't I've I've probably around the 80. I've read it 80 times now and I still cry, but I uh that was a book that I didn't know my little me needed. That's a this book is for children and adults. I this book changed me because I needed this from so many years ago and to finally hear it, that's th- this book made me believe the whole little me still exists in me because the way I responded to this book and what this book healed in me, it was like, oh God, girl, you still are up in there. You just need to live all up in there. Somebody needs to tell you you're special. So I'm gonna give you the full screen. I'm gonna also put up, you guys, if you would like your own copy of the book, please, you can uh, visit the I Choose Me Bling Boutique dot company dot site and then scrolling below you can also visit preciouspalling.com i and i think all your contact information is on there too yeah mm-hmm. so you can visit either one of those websites they've got all the products the books the contact information so just take a little screenshot either way i will definitely pop the direct links in the comment feed after this and i'm going to give you the full screen because i want everybody to get this <laughs> how important it is because it, it changes my world. I'll see you, in, right with you. <laughs> see you right. in a few moments, Melissa. I'm right here. I know. Here you go, you guys. So this is called How Special Are You? Where well, You're One of a Kind. It was written by Precious L. Paulin, and it was illustrated by Sierra B. Dixon. That is my goddaughter. It's written both girls and bo- bo- boys virgin, so everybody, every child can see themselves. How special are you? Well, you're one of a kind. How special are you? Well, you're one of a kind. I could search the world over and another you I would never find. You have a beauty that the world has never seen and knowing that is the core of your self-esteem. See these pictures? So I want, you know, so if you notice that the queen that she's becoming is taking the little girl, which is the reflection of herself on a journey of where she's headed. You have something special that the world has never seen. Oh, I'm sorry. You have something special that no one can do. Plus the world would be missing a piece without you. There is a light inside that gets brighter day by day when you nurture yourself with what you choose to say. How special are you? Well, you're one of a kind. I could search the world over and another you I would never find. 
Words have the power and the ability to provide a sense of peace for the you inside. You are a soul that is longing to hear the beat of your drum. And the more you love yourself, the louder the sound becomes. There is an inside voice that whispers your name. And to honor yourself, you must stay in your lane. How special are you? Well, you're one of a kind. I could search the world over in another you I would never find. A lane was created to get you to your dream so you can become something the world has never seen. What you have is so divine. Did you forget I said you are one of a kind? You are amazing beyond measures when you recognize who you are. And that one essential piece is the essence that gets you far. How special are you? Well, you're one of a kind. I could search the world over in another you I would never find. No matter what life throws you, understand you were built for the ride. And everything you need was already placed inside. Isn't that beautiful? No one can ever love you more than the love that is waiting inside of your core. So tell yourself dearly, I choose me no matter what. And you will begin to fill your empty cup. How special are you? Well, you're one of a kind. I could search the world over in another you I would never find. Your mission is to see your beauty in all that you are, for that turns on the light to your undying star. Because when you choose to shine, you can brighten every room. Understanding when light enters, darkness can never loom. The world is a puzzle waiting on your masterpiece in order to be complete. And the moment you master your piece, you can finally take a seat. How special are you? Well, you're one of a kind. I could search the world over in another you I would never find. Take a seat at the table which says I have showed up in my assignment because my mind, body, and soul has come into alignment. Love yourself 365 days of the year and watch how you win. For greatness is finding the power within. Know your worth in all that you do for destiny is waiting. And everything you dream of will start elevating. How special are you? Well, you're one of a kind. I can search the world over and another you I would never find. Thank you. Woo! Is the story of a prince and a prince becoming who you are today. That life is going to take you on journey. You're going to go through some ups and downs, but at the end of the day, always remember that hindsight is 2020. You are being prepared for the position 
that is attached to who you are. And so I want them to know with all confidence that they are one of a kind. Thank and you. And that does come in boys and girls edition. Stephanie says she loves it, loves that there's an option for that. I love that you have the blue and the pink, both for boy and for girl. So you guys, please make sure to visit the I Choose Me Bling Boutique.company.site or preciouspalling.com. Um, and I just, I love so much about what you do, Precious, because you are pouring into the youth. I can't say it enough. Had I had the things, the tools, the support, the love, the things that I do now when I did back then, I don't even know. I could be, I could be the president. I don't even know. <laughs> well, you can. I don't even know. Just, uh, so I just, I found it just in my own life growing up and the things that I've realized in my thirties right now, wow, how important it is to give our kids these tools as early as possible. And what you're doing with the I See Me Academy too, which you guys can check out at the I Choose Me Bling Boutique.company.site is that's what she's doing. She's got kids in two different age groups and this is what she's doing. She's giving them the tools to realize their worth give them the, the equipping them to choose themselves, you know, make a difference in this world, make yeah. them feel seen and heard and loved and acknowledged and, and let them know how special they are. Mm -hmm. It's definitely worth it. It's something, again, I wish I had as a kid. Um, I'm definitely getting my kids in on the next round. Unfortunately, we missed the sign up date for, for this first one, but we will be into the next one for sure. And it, you know, and it's only, and it's an eight week course in which they have a lifetime soul shift. So after the eight week course and the ninth week, they get a certificate as a virtual graduation is all online. So it doesn't matter where they are. And but when we come in that room every Sunday at seven to see them light up for them to come in and, and you hear just how much they are holding and you you really have real conversations. And even my kids are in it and and they raise their hand. Um, um, Kia was overhearing. Cause you know, she put her son, signed him up. And yeah, she was yeah. like, I love that. Even when you're in there, I'm like, I'm not anybody's mom in here. I'm the soul doctor, you know, because at the end of the day, that's what I come to do. And because we're so transparent here is it doesn't matter what room we're in, but you know, it's, it's pulling them outside of their box too, because everybody's not as outgoing. Like Neve is more shy than, you know, Rondell and Ray Bond, but it's finding the thing that's more confident in you so that you can find the thing that makes you stand out. And so we have it where now on the next one, everybody has to come with their gift and they get five minutes. And so they're going to have to show up and what makes them feel special right now, because if we can identify that, we can grow that and that confidence that they're getting distracted by, want to be accepted, we accept them here. There's no problem. And so I just want them to know that when they come to the soul doctor, they are always accepted, that nothing is overlooked because of where I came from. And that's all God wants us to do is to remember from whence we came so that we can have transparent conversations in order to make sure that the future of the world is in the right hands. And if they don't know how to deal with their soul and their emotions, then it won't help what we're leaving them with. And it's more important that we don't just leave them with this, but that we leave them with this in order for them to empower. And them. that. Yes. Got to leave that heartful too. Well, well listen, we, uh, we yes. are over the hour, like always. This, we're so good at being over the hour. 60 minutes is never enough. But uh, as we are wrapping up, I'll give you a minute to 
do your let your your finish up your taglines and drop any other extra links or things you got going on things people maybe could be staying tuned for upcoming things in your world um go ahead and then we will uh sign off here i'm gonna put your information up one more time you guys preciouspauling.com if you want to visit or contact her and then the i choose me bling boutique.company.site has all the products all the services and it's got the i see me academy so if you want to do a favor it doesn't have to be your kid you could be a grandma and sponsor a child you can donate and sponsor a child even if you're not a grandparent or you don't have a kid if you want to pay for somebody else to some another child in your world to go through this Reach out to Precious. She will work with you. Absolutely. Yes, I will. Yes, I will. I'm actually going to try to get with you so I can set it up for the payment plan for some people for the next session because it closes. So it doesn't open back up until March. We have uh, four more weeks. Um, and I want to give isolated attention to each group. So I'm not going to have a million groups because I'm about the purpose. So it's only going to be four openings a year. So that I can, with all the things that I have, can make sure that I'm not spreading myself thin. That's so right. Yes, I just want to leave you guys with it is a relay race and somebody is relying on you to turn your heartbeat into a soul beat in order to leave a soul print. Because the fingerprint, it tells us what you got wrong in this world. But the soul print, it tells us what you got right. And what God got right is you. And so it's your responsibility to recognize that you can never turn on anybody else's light, but you can provide enough light for them to find their switch. So stay lit in this world so somebody can find their way out of the darkness. I want Yvette to know that I'm going to message her. Somebody sponsored a soul doctor. They got a call and they wanted to pay it forward to somebody else. And I have been seeing Yvette make different comments that, you know, so I want to offer her that sponsored soul doctor call because I tell her, I see her, I see her. And I just want to celebrate her for being bold and loud and, and saying, I'm asking for what I need. And so God, if God say, ask, you shall receive. And because I see you asking Yvette, I will offer you that sponsorship if you want it. And um, yeah, I got you, babe. Mm -hmm. There you go, Yvette. Hope you're listening. Hope you're listening there. Um, well, I thank you again, like always. Every Monday is one of my favorites. Um, it's always blessed. I, I feel like you gave me healing today. I was digging through that little little me that needed mm -hmm. screaming, saying, ah, ah, don't leave me in this dark room. You're <laughs> so I'm glad that, and it's funny because I didn't know I was going to feel this way today. And we planned this topic last week. So <laughs> right. it's funny how everything kind of links up and, and lines up the way that it should. But um, I want to thank you for listening and allowing me to like pour out some heavy. And I want to thank you as always for ending on a high note and bringing us the power and, and the positivity and um, for making a difference in my world today. And I know if you made a difference in my world, you made a difference in everybody else's. And I pray that my words helped other people maybe not feel like they were alone in their dark, dark closets today either. So I do show up Monday through Friday for you guys to remind you that there is a blessing in every lesson, no matter how low your valley, how dark that closet, how sticky the quicksand you might be stuck in. There is always a blessing. It's just up to you to find it. You might have to phone a friend. You might have to be intentional. Put on some music. 
go ahead and make an effort to journal. Watch a replay of Lessons and Legacies or go maybe make a, a soul doctor called a Precious Pauling. She'll fix you up in a jiffy, you know? In a jiffy, but, 30 minutes or less. That's right. I guarantee you on one topic though. One topic is top. hopeless. Nothing is hopeless. We are all able to be healed. We are all worth it. Our stories matter, you guys. You know, everything we go through, no matter it's good, bad, or anywhere in between, that's our experiences. And we share those with the rest of the world so that they can grow and not make the same mistakes. Or if they do, they at least know what to do or not to do to get out of them. So don't be shy. If you guys, if anybody out there wants to come and be a guest on Lessons and Legacies, please reach out to me. You can find me at lessonsandlegacies at gmail.com or you can send me a little Facebook message. Either look me up Melissa Price or Lessons and Legacies on Facebook. And again, if you guys want to catch any other audio replays from the past, we are officially on Spotify and iHeartRadio. So be sure to give likes, loves, follows, shares. Sharing is caring. And uh, it means a lot to us to show up every day in every way that we can. So it's a simple click of a button to let us know that it matters that we do. So we thank you guys and love you tons. Tomorrow I have uh, a, a guest coming on for her second time, uh, Jennifer Schultz, and we're going to be talking about updates on her book, her children's book that she's doing. And um, yeah, there's been a lot that's transpired since her last visit. So updates there, it'll be an uplifting, beautiful day. And then just to catch When's Shalon? Isn't Shalon about to do something? Is she Shalon? Shalon's going to be coming on on Friday with us. We'll be back Friday. I've got Gideon, my friend Gideon from Nigeria. We're going to be doing our little church sesh uh, at 10 a.m. on Wednesday. And uh, who do I got Thursday? Oh, my cousin. My cousin Andrea. Ah, oh, nice, my nice. favorite poem in the book that wasn't written by me <laughs> was that's like so I love her. I remember poem. that? Yeah, that's awesome. I've read it so many times, and I'm so excited. She is my she's she's younger than me, but she's my guru. Um, we help each other out through a lot of stuff, and um, I'm really really excited for that episode too. So full week, Can't we wait. happy faces all week long. So you guys, you're not alone. Always remember that your stories matter. There's a lesson in every or a blessing in every lesson. And um, just enjoy your day. Be grateful for your life. And uh, remember to love on that little you. Because even though the big you's in charge, that little one, it matters too. And I, I want to add, before you hit in, I want to add one more thing. It is not, you know, they often say, what would you tell that little boy or girl? Don't worry about telling them nothing. Worry about inspiring them. How have you inspired that little boy or girl? Make sure that what they've gone through that you know about, that they will be proud and say it was worth what I went through for you to become who you became. So the worth is in the becoming something different, what it got out of it. So turn that pain into power so you can make that little person proud inside. Amen. Amen. Yeah. All right, guys. Be well. We love you. And love on that little you. And the big one, too. And the big See one, too. Girl.